Well, folks, no game is going to be as big as this one for the Mercer Island football team. Their opponent, Juanita, stumbles into the matchup with a 3-3 three three record, losing both of their last two games by one score. Mercer Island is reeling after starting their season 3-1, coming off the heels of a 49-0 thrashing at the hands of Bellevue, and falling to Liberty 38-14, the Islanders need to right the ship tonight. With both teams entering the jungle with a 500 record, and with a spot in the Kinko State playoffs hanging in the balance, only one team will be spared elimination when the clock strikes midnight tonight. Well, guys, it's another cold, wet n night here in the jungle with a homecoming crowd ready for the matchup between the Juanita Ravens and the Mercer Island Islanders. I'm Andrew Pearson here with McLean Hopkins and Will Pellerin for KMIH 89 The Bridge. And McLean, I'll start with you first. Uh, the Islanders are actually 3-3 three and three coming, coming into tonight. They've been brutally beaten and battered over these last two games. So what, in your opinion, do they need to do to get this team back on track? I think the quick passing game is something that needs to be absolutely on point tonight. The quick passing game has uh, replaced the traditional rushing attack in Mercer Island's offense. They throw the ball around a lot. They really trust Eli Fahey with the ball in his hands, and he's delivered so far. But he's really got to be on tonight. Something has to keep the defense respectful of Mercer Island's ability to work outside of the hashes and stretch the field horizontally. And I think if that happens, the offense can score points and the defense can do just enough for a victory tonight. Absolutely. Now, Will, Mercer Allen has been chomping at the bits to stay in this playoff race. With players desperately needing to step up, who do you think will be able to swing this game for the Islanders? Uh, for me, I think it's the wide receivers. In the last game I came to, Chase Shavey and uh, Garrett Rogan had a major role in that game, especially Garrett Rogan with a couple touchdowns early in the game that really set them apart, gave them a momentum. I think that's exactly what they need to look for in this game, and uh, they're probably not going to get too much done on the ground, as is usual with high school football. Running can be sometimes not the answer, and throwing can certainly get you a bit farther down in the game. Absolutely. Now, uh... Eli Fahey, you know, trotting back out here, has struggled his last two outings. But uh, hopefully, uh, what do you think? I believe, folks, that he really needs to be uh, getting himself into a rhythm, especially early. How do you guys think he's going to be able to do something like that? Eli Fahey is first and foremost a rhythm passer. I think that he's going to have to utilize not only the screens that are called up for him, but also the short and intermediate passes, the slant routes, the hard ins, hard outs, all of these five-yard short concepts that are integral to the success of this offense. Yeah, developing the short game early in the game is certainly going to help them out. Uh, it'll make the corners press up more, too, on, in coverage and could leave some good opportunities for long passes and hopefully some touchdowns. Yeah, and the long pass is something Eli does very well. I compliment his short game a lot, but he's got a much better deep ball than most high school passers. Absolutely. Now, uh, guys, what are your, what are your um, players that you think will really make an impact in the game? Sort of some players to listen for for the folks at home as the game progresses. I'm going to say on the defensive side, I'm going to go with Mitch Fisher. He's a senior, uh, kind of a positionless, fluid playmaker, little linebacker, little safety. Sometimes he'll step down onto the line as sort of a 4-3-4 four, three, three, four outside linebacker. Uh, he's a guy do it all from the defensive position, uh, and he can become a problem he's on. Yeah, uh, for me on defense, I'm looking at Cole Drayton. Hopefully get some big sacks and big hits. I remember last time he had a massive hit on one of the Hazen Highlanders players. Uh, that, stuff like that can really change the momentum of the game, especially if you're down. Uh, I know in hockey, a big hit can definitely change it like it did in the Kraken playing the Predators. Vince Dunn laid a big hit early in the first, uh, gave them momentum, and they were able to come back for a 4-3 win. Absolutely. Now, uh, Mercer Island looking to set the tone here tonight. 
against the Juanita Ravens. We will be back in just a moment, folks, as uh, we will be returning with actual coverage of the game. So see you in just a couple of minutes. Now back to the action. Islanders football only on 88.9 The Bridge. All right, all right, all right, folks. Welcome to Mercer Island football here on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. I'm Andrew Pearson here with Will Pellerin and McLean Hopkins. Ready to call this football game between the Mercer Island Islanders and the Juanita Ravens. Uh, kickoff is just about to start here in just a moment. You can feel the tension in the air. And my gosh, what a what an energetic stadium. And just people excited to watch uh, the Islanders play here on homecoming night. Yeah, it's a big game, and we got a lot of fans here to show for it. Uh, the student section is getting pretty full up here. Lots of parents from both teams coming in. Uh, and for both of these teams, this is kind of win or you're done for the season here. So they, they're really hoping for a win. And actually, they're both hoping for a loss out of Liberty, which is kind of funny. Uh, both of them are in a position where they need Liberty to lose at least one game. Yeah, Mercer Island, by the way, for you uh, fans thinking playoffs, Mercer Island needs to win out and they need Liberty to lose two of their remaining three games to sneak into the playoffs. Juanita just needs to win out, and they need Liberty to lose one. We are having a Seattle Mariners-style kind of situation here with Mercer Island desperately clinging on to their playoff chances tonight. It looks like they will be kicking off. It'll be Samir Lumba, Samir the Savior, with the biggest leg on the team. Looks like he's going to be kicking off tonight. Sets it on the tee here. Getting ready, getting his little... Getting, getting back now. And here we go, folks. Tension so thick here. You could cut it with a knife. Samir Lumba goes to kick the ball, and it'll be a squib kick to start this first half off. And oh. there he goes. Juanita has a man breaking down the left side of the field, and he is tackled out of bounds on the Mercer Island 40-yard line. That's 17. Griff Thomas on the long kick return. Griff Thomas... Just a junior. Uh, he's listed here as 6'0", 180 pounds, uh, but he ran a lot faster than you'd expect a 180-pounder to. That guy was motoring. He was able to take that kickoff and uh, get it all the way to the Mercer Island side of the field. It'll be Logan Johnson here for the Juanita Ravens, trotting out onto the field for the first drive of the game, already in Mercer Island territory as he steps back here in the pistol formation. One back behind him. Two wide receivers in the set. Takes the snap, fakes the run, throws it to the boundary, and he does get his man. I believe that is number seven, Liam Franick, who the, the tight end and the linebacker here for Juanita gets the reception. Yeah, 12 yards on that one, and Liam Franick is already on the stat sheet. Absolutely. Just a quick out there to the right side of the field as Juanita will trot out once again. Johnson in the pistol trips to his right or trips to his left excuse me getting ready to take the snap play starts fate it'll be a run this time it'll be about an eight yard run here I'm trying to look for who the number is that's 22 Cooper Kennison thank you McLean Cooper Kennison with a quite the quite the scamper on that one yeah that's a 5'9 190 pound player 5'10 excuse me that's a big guy I mean I'm 
about 5'11", and I don't weigh uh, over 140. So to put that in perspective, that guy's 50 pounds heavier than me. That's a scary sight to see you coming down on you, especially as a defenseman. It'll be, it'll be Trio to his right. Johnson takes the snap. It'll be another run once again, this time for no gain as the Mercer Island defense is able to swarm to number 22, Cooper Kennison, yeah. on the right side of the field. Able to stop him there. Juanita is a team that airs the ball out quite a lot more than most teams. However, this does lead to uh, some light boxes and inflated yards per carry numbers for Cooper Kennison. They run a really productive offense, uh, and Kennison is the benefit of a lot of it. Yeah, third down here is going to be a really crucial stop for the Islanders. Third and a long two yards. Here we go. Johnson back in the pistol. Motion out here to have a back right next to him. It'll be another run by Kennison, and will he get it? it I don't looks think like so. He, it, it looks like he is short, guys. Yeah. Signaling fourth down. Now, I do believe that the field goal kicker will be Patrick Klinkenberg, I believe is who, who's, is who will be doing the place kicking. And uh, it seems they have Keenan Gertz who does their actual kickoffs. So we'll see what Juanito wants to do here. It looks like they're going to keep their offense out here, guys. Yeah, they're kind of in that zone where it's tough. You can't punt the ball. You're obviously way too close. But a field goal from this range would also be a bit tricky. So it looks like they're going to go for it here. Let's see if the aggression pays off for Juanita. Johnson in the pistol once again. Mercer on getting ready to blitz. It'll be a quarterback draw, and will he get it this time? It's kind of hard to tell from this angle. Let's see how the refs play this one out. And will they give it it's to It's all going to depend on the spot here. Already a crucial spot early in this one. They might bring the chain gang out. And it looks like it will be a turnover on downs for the Islanders. Wonderful defensive stop here. And very, very promising if you're the Islanders, especially when it comes to momentum. That's big. Honestly, I thought he could have had it. It looks like he hesitated a bit there uh, to almost to find out where he was going and what hole. And I honestly think if he just went straight forward, he might have been able to get that first down. And here comes Mercer Island's field general onto the field. Number seven, Eli Fahey has had his struggles in the last couple of games. But earlier in the year, he's been playing amazing. And we'll see what he can do on this drive. We know Eli Fahey is capable of some special football. Let's just see uh, how good he shows up tonight. It'll be in the typical spread formation here. Three wide receivers to his left for Fahey in the shotgun as per usual. Waiting for the snap. He'll take it, drops back into the pocket, and he will. He is pressured from his left. He's looking to scramble, and he gets about a seven-yard rush on the play. Eli Fahey using his legs amazingly. He is a playmaking quarterback. He will get it done with his legs or with his arm. He, uh, I liken him to Kyler Murray, the way that he can take off and run at a moment's notice, and he evades pressure. He's very composed in the pocket. He uh, is... 18 years old, but he plays football like a 28-year-old veteran. This guy had to have been playing football in a past life. He really knows what he's doing back there. Fahey back in the shotgun once again. Three wide receivers to his right this time. Pressure from the left. He airs it out. Let's see if he gets it. And it, it is unfortunately overthrown deep down the left side of the field. That looks like it's number 11, Garrett Rogan. Yeah. yeah, that's always been a primary target for Mercer Island, uh, but it, he wasn't quite able to get enough separation, and that ball was a bit over his head. Garrett Rogan has had some injury issues in his past, missed his entire sophomore season with a broken leg. Um, but, you know, he's when he's healthy, his shifty athleticism and surprising speed bring a new dimension to this offense. He's pretty short, 
uh, but he runs really fast. Trio set to the right of Fahey. He, he will take the snap, and it is a run this time. Run to the right side of the field on the pitch, and it looks like it's going to be about a five-yard gain, and he will get the first down. Chase Shavey eating up chunks of yardage. There were rumors that uh, his starting spot might be uh, not his by the time we got to this game with the uh, overperformance of Vincent Catano and his struggles early in the season. But Chase Shavey is a very speedy running back. Uh, I played DB. I was his backup for a couple of years. And this guy is fast like a DB. His open field speed uh, is killer. Fahey in the shotgun formation. It'll be another pitch to Shavey. And this one will be stopped at the line. Good job. I think that was Catano in there. That is Vincent Catano. Yeah, Ah, I see. Yeah, they 20 both and 22. It's pretty close. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they really... both see significant playing time in this offense. It's a lot closer to a 50-50 split than I imagine either back is happy with. That Absolutely. is true. But honestly, running back by committee is one of those things that I think a lot of teams should do. Uh, even if you do have a good back, running back is probably one of the more tiring positions on the field, and getting two guys in there can really change up the pace and also keep your guys fresh. Especially down here in high school when oh, they're both yeah. trying to play defense. Motion out to his right. Fahey will pitch it once again, and it'll be another long run here. I believe that was Kit- Yeah, that was Katano. Katano able to get another large chunk out there. That was about a 15-yard rush. Yeah, almost exactly the same play as last uh, last one, except for they were able to get some good yardage here. Uh, okay. They'll move the chains down to about the 50 and they're looking to get a score here, put themselves on the board first. These toss plays using the speed of both of their running backs. Mercer Island really uses all 52 yards of the field. It is 52 yards, sideline to sideline, and Mercer Island uses every inch. Fahey in the pistol once again, takes the snap. It looks like it'll be another run again, this time to Shavey, and he'll muscle his way to an eight-yard gain. Chase Shavey showing some muscle. He's shown the speed, now he's got the power. This is one of the most complete high school running backs I've ever seen. I don't think we've seen a single completion yet. It's only been uh, pitches and run game so far. Yeah. yeah. But it's working, so why change it? Here, Fahey in the pistol once again. This time it's a quick screen play to number three. That is Jackson Derner, and that'll pick up the first down. Well, look at that. There's our first completion. Yeah. And this is much more from what I'm used to seeing because every time I've seen Mercer Island play, it's been a lot of quick game, quick passing games. Definitely a difference in their strategy, don't you think? Definitely, definitely. Jack Derner is a guy who is uh, a very complete receiver, always been involved. Uh, but it's nice to see him use more than just his speed. Nice to see him get involved in the screen game and carry the ball more. Four wide receiver set here for Fahey. It's another screen here. And let's see how much yards that picks up. That'll be another one to Derner, and it looks like the, it'll be about a two-yard gain. Yeah, uh, Eli Fahey, again, before the, before the game started, we called him a rhythm passer, and he is a rhythm passer. Once you get this guy into a good rhythm, he is surgical. He will cut up a defense and leave them bleeding. Uh, when he's hitting his receivers in the short game, it also keeps the corners honest and opens up uh, a lot of windows in the long game. It looks like it'll be Katano in the backfield. Fahey in the pistol. Motion to the left. It'll be another pitch, but Juanita's on it. It'll be a two-yard loss here for Mercer Island as it is another pitch out to the left. Yeah, Katano really had nowhere to go there. Uh, as soon as he got the ball in his arms about five yards back from the line of scrimmage, there were already two Juanita guys pretty much right in front of him. Uh, it's good they were able to fight to back to a little bit 
of yardage, but yeah, that's not the greatest play here. You could almost call out by name the linemen who missed their blocks on that one. We're not going to do it because that's <laughs> mean, but you could. Here we go. This time, finally, another shotgun play for Fahey. It'll be Quintano out to his right. Four wide receivers set. Fahey set to take the snap. He'll do so. And it looks like he will evade pressure. It's He's going to try. He's going to... He looks like he got the pass off on the scramble. It is another great play from Fahey. Uh, exactly what you want to see. Extends the play excellently. Yep, Garrett Rogan manages to get out of bounds there uh, to bring a stoppage of clock. Did not get the first down as he needed to on this third down. But did get pick up 10 yards. He'll pad the stats. Eli Fahey now over 20 on the day. And it looks like the Mercer Island offense will stay out on the field. They are trying to stay aggressive on this one. Second Fahey, life for Eli Fahey. Fahey trotting out once again. It looks like it'll be a three-wide receiver set with a tight end to the left. Katana once again in the backfield. Fahey getting ready to take the snap. And he will do so. And it looks like it'll be a run to Katano. And will he pick it up? He extends at the last minute. Is that a fumble? And the Ravens players are signaling that it is their ball via a fumble from Katana. Let's see what the refs decide here. No signal yet. Officiating already oh, coming up really and look, big. And it looks like it will be a turnover here for Mercer Island. A fumble from Vincent Katano. Unfortunate. Fumble or not, I think he was still a little bit short there. I don't know if he would have had the uh, quite the range with his arm to get the first. Uh, but that's all right. No, I don't think it really matters. When you're part of a running back committee and you, lo and you lose the ball, you know what that means? A lot more snaps are not going to you. That is true. I think Chase Shavey uh, will start to see quite a lot more work as he uh, remains one of the best two-way players on this team. Motion out to the right here for Juanita. Logan Johnson in the pistol will run it again here, and it'll only be about a three-yard gain. That is Cooper Kennison once again. Yeah, Cooper Kennison is uh, looking to be uh, their true workhorse back. He's the only player with a carry so far in this young affair. And, you know, he's uh, blocked the pass well on the on uh, those drop-back plays. He's carried the ball with a plum. He uh, holds the ball well. You know he's not going to fumble. Five minutes left here in the first quarter. Johnson here on a second and nine, ready to take the snap. Juanita gets the ball. It'll be a fumbled snap. Johnson looking to make something out of nothing, and he will pick up the first down on the scramble. Wow. wow that was an impressive play. Yeah, I thought our guys were going to be able to get back to that, but he recovered very nicely and managed too. to turn it into a gain. I did, too. It looks like they're going to call him short of the first, but he was able to pick up a lot of yards. Third down now and very short. Yeah, that play could have went very badly for Juanita had he not managed to pick up the ball there. It'll be a third and in inches here for Mercer Island's defense, ready to defend against the Juanita Ravens. Logan Johnson here, pretty probably going to take it again. It'll be a run here for Kennison, and he will definitely pick up the first down. And he is still going, still on his feet, led, dragging the Mercer Island defenders with him, as that is a ten, at least a 15-yard gain. Yeah, 15 on the carry for Cooper Kennison, and he is quickly evolving as the feature piece of the Juanita Ravens offense. 
Cooper Kennison uh, runs the ball with purpose. He is a passionate runner, for lack of a better word. This guy uh, is not going to be brought down by arm tackles. He will run through arm tackles. You need a team of guys to bring this guy to the turf. The Ravens getting set once again, ready to take the snap. The offensive play starts. It'll be a screen out to the right that'll pick up absolutely no yards. I think that was Drayton on the tackle. What a great play for Mercer Island. Yeah, really good play by the DB there to recognize the play and get to the tackle quickly. Uh, managed to shut that down, and now it's going to be a tricky situation for Juanita as they need a big-ish gain here uh, yeah. in order to move the chains again. And we've seen before that Juanita hasn't been passing deep at all, and they've been li- relying on the run. I don't know how hard you want to rely on it on a second and ten. Here we go, Juanita ready to start the play again. It'll be Kennison this time, and he'll rumble there for a five-yard gain. Third and five. It's a tricky spot here. It's kind of in between the passing and running territory. Uh, but they've been going with the run a lot, even when it looks like they should be in a good spot to pass. So we'll see what they go with here to hopefully get a first down. Yeah, Kennison is staying on the field. A three-down back. One of the last uh, true three-down backs. They're, they're a dying breed, but Kennison is still one of them. Here we go. Juanita ready to start up this third and five pressure amounting here Johnson will keep will keep the ball on on the play action throws it deep down the field and it'll be caught oh. it'll be caught down the right sideline and it'll be stopped at about the 25 yard line I'm trying to see who it was number six Emmanuel Cody he was wide open for a while actually running behind the Mercer Island secondary uh, you could see him waving for the ball and I knew they were going to throw it to him they finally managed to get it to him when the DB had caught up by a bit but it was still too late for Mercer Island and that's a pretty big gain I mean one step can really hurt you on those really close passing downs and just a the very the, the first big play here for the Ravens yeah, that's the first time Mercer Island's defense has really gotten gashed. Uh, leaving Chase Shavy to cover a whole side of the field in that cover two defense. Sometimes things like that happen. Johnson takes a snap, gives it to Kennison, and Kennison rumbles down for about a nine-yard gain. He has just been excellent today. Juanita now in red zone territory, uh, posing to score here. Not looking good for Mercer Island D. We need a big stop here. Yeah, this has been this drive has been, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. That pass completion of just over 15 yards was the longest play of the drive thus far, and it is not close. Juanita has just been chipping and chipping and chipping, and now they're knocking on the door. Kennison will take the snap this time, and it looks like he only gets about a three-yard carry. It it will it is, folks. One minute and 40 seconds left to go here in the first quarter. Merce Ryan against Juanita. And just a, a good stop for Mercer Island after getting gashed. And I'm sure, you know, being in the red zone here really amps up the pressure here for Mercer Island and uh, really, you know, makes them sweat a little bit. Yeah, it certainly gets the nerves going. Yeah, definitely. These DBs start to play a bit more aggressive, though, with their backs right up against the wall, knowing they're not going to get beat over the top. Johnson takes the snap. He'll take it on the play action, dodges a Mercer Island defender, and he will toss it into the end zone, and it is picked! It is picked! I need it to see picked. who that is. Nick Chitalis, Nick. the DB, coming up on this homecoming game. He will have his name written in the Mercer Island history books. What nice now? pick there. Yeah, you read that all the way. Their quarterback made a really nice move around one of our defenders, got the pass off, looking deep into the back left side of the end zone, 
and uh, Chitalis was there for a good pick. Nick I mean, Chitalis has always been a ball hawk, but on that play, he played the scramble drill perfectly. Notice the quarterback was coming to that side of the field. Didn't panic. Didn't go for the kill. Stayed back. Stayed with his receiver. And got a pick in the stat sheet for that one. And here comes Eli Fahey and the other Mercer Island offensive players. Here we go. Getting ready to take advantage of the momentum. Fahey will take the snap. It is another quick out to Derner. Derner getting pile-drived here in what will be about a five-yard gain. Yeah, he'll fight for those yards there, uh, get him a bit up the field. But it's looking good for MI. That stop there is actually going to help them a lot momentum-wise. The first score on the board is always a big one to have, and being able to prevent it there is certainly going to help them out in this game. Definitely. A lot of offense here for a 0-0 game. Under 40 seconds left to go here in the first quarter. Fahey getting ready to take the snap, but once again, it looks like it'll be Catano out to his left. And he, Fahey looking to run again, almost gets out of the, gets out of the tackle, but will unfortunately be sacked. And it looks like that will probably be the last play of the quarter. Yeah, just a one-yard loss on that sack, though. Not not too bad. There's worse things. That I mean, is he, true. I mean, he had people grabbing at his feet, wanted to drag him down with him. He almost got out of it. But unfortunately, not able to do so. Yeah, if the he had biggest. Forward, that'd be a carry for no gain. The biggest thing in that kind of situation is just making sure you keep onto the ball there. If they were to fumble uh, around the twenty on their side, that would be really bad. That could be a really easy touchdown for Juanita. And ladies and gentlemen, that will close out this first quarter here. Mercer Island driving. It'll be a third and very, very long as it is. They are down at their own, I believe, twenty-yard line, getting ready to put the. Put, start get, get it, getting the offense in, in rhythm once again. Yeah, on the uh, Juanita bench, by the way, the backup quarterback, number three, Vasily Sensenko, is warming up. Oh my! Uh, did the did did Logan Johnson get hurt on that play? I didn't I didn't I see don't him. I think so. I didn't see any injury. He didn't have. He got off the field fine. Maybe the backups just warming up like for fun. I mean, they, I, don't know. I mean, backups are weird, man. Yeah, what else are you going to do there? you got to stay warm somehow. I don't know. He's, he's, he's not looking too clean in warm-ups. He's fumbled a couple of snaps thus far. Might be why he's the backup. But, you know. Yes, backups always going to be warm. Thank you, Theo. Um, yeah. Uh, backups normally. I mean, anytime you see action like that from a bench, that's uh, the sign of a coach somewhere wearing a headset kind of panicking. Jared Carter is a head coach of these Juanita Ravens. Uh, he was a more recent hire than most of the guys in this high school. But I'm not too sure about his uh, substituting tendencies. Looks like Logan Johnson might be on a short leash tonight as Merce Round gets ready for the third and long. Fahey here to start the second quarter, 12 minutes on the clock, getting ready to take a snap. He does so. He's looking deep, looking to scramble again. Dodges the man. Flakes out to his right and unfortunately brutally sacked there behind the line of scrimmage for a five-yard sack. A bit slow getting up there. Unfortunately, he broke one of the Juanita players' ankles. I thought he was about to make a sick play, uh, but there were just too many guys in the backfield there. He had no options. That's a tough one. I mean, Fahey is consistently making the first guy miss. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that a lot in this game uh, on the Juanita side of the ball as well, but yeah, Fahey, really good fake there. It's his, his background as a basketball player certainly helps him there. Uh, you know, you know he's good on his feet. He's not like these immobile, uh, you know, totem pole NFL quarterbacks. This is a guy who will make guys miss. High snap on the punt. Number 57 looking to punt it again. Does the pooch punt. It doesn't get far enough. And it will be downed 
on the Mercer Island 27-yard line. It is a botched punt. Oh, no. Very Man. short punt there. Yeah, it would have been better. Uh, I mean, it's a good thing he didn't take the sack because they would have ended about the two-yard line. Uh, but, yeah, they're not in much better shape here uh, as Juanita looks almost already into the red zone. Yeah, not as cool as Michael drive. Dixon's punt with the, for the Seahawks a couple no. of last so true, week. So true. Yeah. Yeah, uh, i got to say, those special teams, field position gaffes, uh, special teams miscues, there's a reason we play this game in three phases and not two. Special teams is one of the biggest things that can turn the momentum of a game. If you believe in momentum, Juanita just got a lot of momentum. Johnson still, still there at quarterback for Juanita. Two men in motion. Fakes the snap, and you can't tell who's got it. I think that's 28 there. Owen Williams, who gets the carry on that one after some trickery in the backfield. Yeah, nice little nice little reverse play right there. You don't see that every day in high school. Very interesting play, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. not a whole lot of gain there. Yeah, um, giving, But giving, it was a cool play. Yeah. I'll Island, that. yeah, uh, credit them for being able to sniff it out real quick. Um, but, you know, the trickeration there, it's something you love to see in high school football. It makes the game so much more engaging. Yeah, it definitely gives me flashbacks to Bellevue. Uh, John Johnson takes a snap again, and he will give it to Cooper Kennison for a three-yard gain. Cooper Kennison just continues to pad that stat sheet. He's already had eight carries for 44 yards on the day, averaging just over five a tote. That guy, that guy's a playmaker. Uh, didn't get the carry on that on that uh, on that trick play, but he was valuable as a decoy. The defense swarmed to him before they snuffed out the reverse. Third and long here for Juanita Johnson. There in the back. Actually, wait, no, is that number three out there? No, that is Stenko. Huh. Oh, so so yeah, Statenko takes the snap, runs up the middle on the scramble, and is he going to get the first down? He will. What an <laughs> what an athletic play from Vasily Statenko. Maybe that's why you saw him warming up. Warming up. It's kind of like a Taysom Hill situation, possibly. Maybe uh, with the running quarterback, but that was a really nice play. He's a bit of a third down running back. Now you're ready for a third down quarterback. He uh, picked up 13 yards on that scramble. Uh, and was able to add a dimension to this offense that, uh, dare I say, was not really present with the starter in there. Sestenko coming in relief for Johnson after just two series. Obviously, Johnson ending his series with a pick. Sestenko takes the snap, fakes it to Kennison, will toss it out to the right on the boot, and will they get the score? They do. Juanita gets the touchdown, and I'm... Oh my gosh! That that Sexinko caught the caught the reception caught the touchdown. I'm sorry, folks. That is Logan Johnson who threw that. Sorry, the it looks like the the numbers were really hard to look at from all the way out here. Uh, Juanita putting six on the scoreboard. Yeah, I you'd love to see that. You run for a first down and then catch a touchdown. High school football, man. I mean, they just have Swiss Army knives all over the field here. It looks like it will be. Patrick Klinkenberg here, ready to kick the PAT, and he, up and through. he will, yes. Looks good. That'll put them up to a 7-0 lead against the Islanders here in the second half, or the second quarter, excuse me. Uh, Islanders looking to get the offense going here, hoping for a score to bring back the momentum because Juanita's now up, and the Islanders really need an answer here. Yeah, and this is one of the phases of the game we don't think about too much is the kick return. How are you going to recover? After you've just been punched in the gut, you've just been scored on, now it's up to you to reclaim some of that momentum. Mercer Island's kick returners this year have been Vince Catano 
and Garrett Rogan. We'll see if one of them or maybe one of the upmen can bust a big return and uh, hand some momentum back well, to the Islanders. It looks like we've got Shavy and Rogan going out, uh, the two farthest back players there, Shavey possibly for a return. return. we got Rogan on the left, Shavy on the right, and I think that's just who they're hoping one of those guys gets the ball, and two, we could see a big return here. Two of the Islanders' fastest, most athletic players, both of them baseball players when spring comes around, but for now it'll be their gridiron talents under the lights. And it will be Keenan Gertz, who is the kickoff man here for Juanita, getting ready to kick it off here after going up 7 to nothing after a botched punt for Mercer Island. Kickoff getting ready. Gertz kicks it. And it looks like it'll be short. Let's see who picks it up. It looks like it'll be Rogan. Rogan trying to make a man miss, and he will. Gets absolutely crushed at the 33-yard line. Yikes. Wow. Rogan has been a big big playmaker in this game so far. He's one of the shiftiest receivers on this team. He's got a great connection with quarterback Eli Faye. It hurts to see major contributors taking those big crushing hits like that. That's you hope he's okay. You pray he's okay. Uh, but you know he's probably gonna need a few plays. I mean I mean he got up just fine. Maybe it's just the adrenaline talking there, but <laughs> maybe let's, he's on the field. Yeah, he's back on the field. Always a trooper, Garrett is. Another shotgun set here for Fahey, getting ready to get the Merce Round Islanders back into the game. Takes the snap, gets another screen out here to number 11. That is Garrett Rogan once again, as that'll be a six-yard gain. Yeah, quick little outplays, uh, they throw it, they get out of bounds. It's really easy, and it works really well, and it ha like has been for the Islanders. So I think if they can keep that up, get down the field inch by inch, they can hopefully look for a score here. Yeah, and I'm Garrett Rogan. Uh, one of the premier targets on this offense. He's a guy who'll catch, you know, five, six, seven balls a game. Fahey preparing to take the snap in the four wide receiver set. It'll be another screen play here, and it will go for about a two-yard gain. I'm trying to see who that is all it's the Jack way out. Looks like it was low to Derner, yeah. Yeah. Derner getting another catch. Uh, they've been going to him a lot in the screen game. Yeah, four catches already, 18 yards, all of them off of those screen plays. It's just a one step down the field to keep the corner honest. You turn, and all of a sudden, another catch. Easiest way to pad the stat sheet. Exactly. If you were PPR Fantasy League, you're loving that right now. Oh, yeah. I'm taking right. Jack Derner first round. All right, third now, and a long two yards for the Islanders. Here comes Fahey once again. Ready to use his athleticism if he needs to, if he's pressured up the middle. Well, we'll see what he does here. It's a low snap, but, and it's another screen attempt. It's deflected at the line, but luckily it is caught anyways on the sideline. It'll unfortunately go for no gain, but <laughs> that's a very lucky play there for Mercer Island. Yeah, impressive catch. It Actually, yeah. the tip did not alter the course of the ball that much. It popped it up in the air, but uh, ultimately it landed in the same spot. It probably would have if it had not been touched. Yeah, Jack Derner showing great awareness to come up with a catch there. And it looks like the offense is going to stay on the field on fourth down. It's a in gutsy their, move. In their own territory on the 40-yard line. It's a long 4-2 here for the Islanders. The Islanders actually trying to get Juanita to jump off sides. Fahey has been able to do so one or two times this season. And he will actually will take the snap. Fakes the screen to the left. Gets the screen to the right to Rogan. Rogan getting the first down after muscling his way in between two defenders. 
That might have been the most important play of the game so far. If they did not convert on that, they'd be in a world of hurt. Uh, already down a score with the opponents looking for another one close in. It's a really good thing they managed to convert there. Yeah, and again, the shifty athleticism of Garrett Rogan. A little guy, he always finds a way to get that extra inch. And Fahey coming out here onto the field once again, takes the snap. It is another screenplay, this time to number 16. Davis Johnson. Yep, Davis Johnson, the junior. We'll get the reception on that one for about a four-yard gain. Yeah, it's his first reception of the game. Hopefully we'll see a little bit more of him here as he comes in for another play. Uh, but it's a good play. Managed to get the first. Seven minutes left in the half here for the Islanders, and it's going to be an exciting second and medium here. Fahey coming back into yet a very similar formation, not really mixing it up here for the Islanders that much. Let's see what they can do on this one. Fahey takes the snap, fakes the... fakes. Fakes the screen there, using it as athleticism, but he is corralled behind the line of scrimmage. It'll be a five-yard sack. There's another sack, and it was the same thing as earlier. He manages to evade the first couple of guys pretty well, but then at some point there just becomes too many. Uh, he becomes swarmed, and he just ends up getting like tackled by three dudes yeah. at the same time. And this is not a good third situation. Sack, third sack already absorbed by Eli Fahey, and far and away his longest. Mercer Island lost eight yards on that sack. Just another brutal second. What might have been a big play that looks like the fake screen was part of the play when they were trying to throw it deep, but unfortunately not able to materialize. Just couldn't buy him enough time. Juanita linebackers looking to blitz. They'll drop back in coverage. Fahey takes the snap, throws it deep. It is over the head of Cole Drayton. Yeah, Cole Drayton, tough guy to overthrow. Uh, they don't have his height listed on this roster, but I've seen that guy in person. Got to be at least six foot three. Yeah, six two, six three, somewhere around there. He's a big guy. Yeah. Uh, it's his first target of the night, too. Uh, unfortunately, he's just a bit over his head. And it looks like... Tom, uh, hold on, I'm looking here. It looks like the punt team is back out here for the Islanders. Hopefully they don't uh, snap it as poorly as they did last time. Punter back, ready to take the snap. He will. It's normal this time. And let's see how far this punt goes. It is deep into into Juanita territory, but it bounces back. Unfortunate bounce for the Islanders as it'll be downed at the Ravens' 38-yard line. A very fortunate bounce for the Juanita Ravens right there. Yeah, Benjamin Doe was right in front of him, and he's waiting for the bounce, and it just happened to go a bit too far out of his reach, unfortunately, and actually probably bounced about five yards, do you guys say? Easily. Easily, Maybe yeah. more. Yeah, it's unfortunate when that happens, but it is what it is. Yeah. And we'll look here. Who's actually at quarterback this time here for the Juanita Ravens? It is still Logan Johnson yes. under center. Logan Johnson finally decided to show, show up again after throwing the touchdown pass last drive. He is back in the pistol once again, running back to his right, and he'll fake it. No, he gave oh, that. Oh, no, he... That was a good that, that, that was really good. Uh, that it, is a, it got Andrew. Yeah, it got... Got me that time. That no, is, no gain, no gain on the play, but being able to fool the broadcaster. Yeah, that's pretty that's, good. That's a win in its own right, especially a broadcaster as good as Andrew. Cooper Kennison getting the ball there for absolutely no gain. Good job of the Mercer Island defense. Yeah, uh, Cooper Kennison, by the way, do not let the short gain fool you. He's already 45 yards on the night. Johnson in the pistol once again. Two wide receivers to his, his left, one motioning out to the right, getting ready to take the snap. Fakes it to Kennison this time. I promise you he's got the ball. Makes it makes a man miss. And unfortunately, will throw the ball deep down to the middle of the field. And it is too low for yes. his wide receiver. 
Chase Shavey in on the coverage, able to sneak his hand in there, snuff out any chance that receiver had to make it a shoestring catch. Looks like the intended target uh, was tight end uh, Dylan Lothian, number 44. And uh, it's it's a great play by Chase Shavey. You love to see one of your seasoned vets coming up big in coverage like that. Absolutely. Third and nine here for Juanita. They're discussing the play a little bit longer than usual, but Johnson will be back there to call the signal here. Four wide receiver set for Juanita. Takes the snap. It's a quick slant out to the left, and it is a big gainer. Up to the middle of the field, gets the first down. Man, the speed on that wide receiver. Uh, number six, Emmanuel Cody. He just got out of there. I think he caught the ball for probably where he's standing, about a three or four yard gain, and managed to stretch that out for a first. In incredible speed there. I mean, just a quick push athleticism is something you've really got to appreciate, especially coming out of the slot. Yeah, and for a tall wide receiver, that can be dangerous. Here we go, Juanita getting ready on the fresh set of downs, getting ready to push down the field even further, motion out to the right, three wide receivers to the right of Johnson, takes the snap, and will let Kennison run it, and he will rumble down for another first down, and it looks like he got some extra yardage. That'll be about a 15-yard gain. Yeah, that's that was a powerful run, powerful run by Kennison. That is a guy, I, I'm thinking this kid's got a future at running back. Cooper Kennison, a uh, senior this year, so this will be his last year as a Juanita Raven. But my, oh my, the determination with which this kid runs with. I don't think I've seen one player bring him down all night. Another motion out to the right here for Juanita after an excellent pickup on first down last time. It'll be a run this time, this time to someone a little bit different, and he will be stood up in Molly Wall up there. That is number 32 for Juanita. That Elijah is Teo. Eli Elijah Teo. Yeah, Cole Drayton there helping out in the tackle with a really big stop. He ran that guy back about 10 yards too after the play, which is pretty funny. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he just that. got dry, driven into the ground. It was really impressive. Yeah, and that's kind of the, just the passion that Cole plays with. That guy loves the game of football more than anyone I've ever met. And here we go for Juanita Johnson. Back to take the snap. We'll take it. And it looks like it's another run by Kennison. And he just keeps going. His legs don't stop. And that'll be another five-yard gain. It'll be a third and short 11 for Juanita. Carries. 11 carries. 66 yards already for Cooper Kennison. 6.0 yards a carry. Yeah, we're getting down to the two-minute mark here of the fourth quarter, or the second half, or the first half. Sorry, man, yeah, I, I went through like pretty much all of them before <laughs> I finally got it there. All right, uh, third so, and a long four with this one. And here we go. Juanita getting ready to take the snap. Four wide receiver set. Johnson takes the snap. Gets the, gets the quick Hitch route, and he will get it. I don't know if he picked up the first down. It was a very short route. That is number 17, Griff Thomas. Yeah, I'd, that's his first catch of the day. Uh, and Logan Johnson, 6 for 6 for 60 yards. Throwing an interception, but no incompletions yet on the day. Fourth and four here, uh, sitting about the 26, 27. Uh, they're going to go for it, so this is going to be a really, really big play, especially with the or the half almost coming to an end. If they can convert here, that'll be really big for Juanita, but MI needs to come up with a stop on this. Pressure mounting for Juanita's Merson getting ready to blitz all of their linebackers, and the play is called dead. It looks like it is a timeout called 
for, I believe, Juanita. Uh, they didn't like the look, and they didn't like the play. Yeah, we'll see what happens here. It looks like MI was rearing up for a blitz there, uh, but they didn't quite get to go through with that. I saw their DBs were pressing up on the receivers, too. Uh, so do you think they're going to go with something like that uh, when they get out of the timeout and Juanita has adjusted to their apparent strategy? I think they will. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a crucial down, and Juanita has gotten most of their crucial yards by pounding it up the middle with Tennyson. So I think Mercer Allen is going to try and fit all of their players into the crucial gaps and try and stop Tennyson out the line. Yeah, this, right. this style of big boy football defense is not Mercer Island's strong suit. I will be real with you guys. The, uh, the you know, big guys on their team are not exactly the strength. They are not built around winning in the trenches. But they are a team that can punch above their weight. And the linebackers are all very good. The box will be filled on this crucial fourth and short. Kennison in the backfield with two tight ends in on the formation. Juanita will run it and Kennison will get will get the touch. Will, will go inside the five here. Stiff arms a man on his way down the field that is about a 10-yard pickup on a fourth and one what athleticism from Kennison wow yeah seven man blitz uh looked like and we just cannot get through we actually managed to get some good good breakthrough the line uh but their running back was man managed to evade every single player and get a really good gain yeah Kennison really delivering a gut punch to the Islanders on fourth and short able to sneak outside make that second cut in the backfield sneak outside the defense and uh just walk through the c-gap to that massive game it's a fourth and goal here for juanita two to go and johnson will keep it and he gets it into the sliver corner in the end zone it'll be another touchdown here for juanita just a really good rollout from johnson and pinpoint accuracy on the sideline Yeah, 7 for 8, 64 yards, two scores and a pick already for Logan Johnson. And uh, Liam Franick, whose uh, name hasn't been called here since the very first play of the evening, scores that touchdown. Yeah, they set up for the PAT here. We actually have quarterback Logan Johnson holding the kick. And here we go. And the Looks like kick it'll be good. Is, yep, kick is good. Two for two there. That'll bring the score up to 14 nothing for the Juanita Ravens. Every time you see a starting quarterback hold... Brings up uh, shades of Tony Romo in those playoffs <laughs> millions of years ago. Way back in the day. What, what was that? See that was, was that 06 or 07? It was, it was 06. It was before I was conscious enough to be watching football. That's, uh, yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, while I'm, ago. I'm wearing Romo's jersey tonight. So Yeah, you guys can't see Andrew, but I promise you he's got Tony Romo's threads on. Yep. And uh, just an unfortunate play for the Islanders. They are now down 14 nothing here. At the end of the half, there is one minute and 27 seconds left. Uh, that is one minute and 27 seconds left for Mercer Island to drive down the field and get a touchdown. Hopefully. Mercer Island gets the ball after the half, no matter what happens here. It is now time once again for us to think about Chase Shavy and Liam Rogan's returning abilities. Last time, uh, Rogan got a tough bounce and was unable to make lemonade out of the lemons he was given. But we'll see what we got this time. Keenan Gertz getting ready to kick it off for Juanita. And here we go. It is 14-0 for Juanita as the kickoff is booted, caught by Shavy. And he is trying to make a couple of men miss and will get about a three-yard pickup on the return. Mercer Ryan will start their next drive at about the 27. 
credit to Juanita's special teams. Both times they've been able to give the returners the ball around the 20, but it's been a ball that's had a lot of air time. Uh, the kicker has not once outkicked his coverage. It's been, the guys have been getting down there and they've been making tackles. Uh, Garrett Rogan's return of six yards is far and away the longest of the day for Mercer Island. Pressure mounting here for Mercer Island after two failures to stop the Juanita offense on defense. Leaves them in a 14-point hole with Fahey getting ready to take the snap. And here he goes. He's looking deep. Goes to the sideline, and it is cut. Cut by, I believe... Jack Derner. Jack Derner. And, uh, actually, no, that is number 13, uh, Calvin Kurt... Oh, sorry. 13 yeah. Yeah. is Addison, Addison King. King. Yeah. Addison King caught the ball. Juanita thought he fumbled on the sideline, and evidently he did not. The refs uh, had eyes on that one. Under a minute left to go. Fahey fakes it, looking to scramble. Throws it deep down the left sideline, and oh. it is picked. It is picked by number 11. That is Macklin Gray, big 6-3-170. Macklin Gray out in coverage, able to get a beautiful interception on Eli Fahey. Yeah, pass there intended for Addison King, uh, just a bit short, and went right into the hands of the DB there. Yeah, it's tough to do. We take it for granted, but Eli Fahey's ability to throw on the run he normally, oh, we're getting a penalty here. Oh, I wonder what it is. Maybe the offense could stay on the field? It looks like they aren't off the field yet, so it looks like it's on Juanita, but the refs haven't signaled anything quite yet. Hmm. Yeah, we see Juanita's offensive players in a huddle near the sideline uh, preparing to make a play, so we'll see where this goes. Yep, and you can see Mercer Allen's offense already walking up, uh, getting ready for another first down. Eli uh, Fahey's still on the field. Yeah, that is what? a very big gain if they were to. That's huge. If you turn go from this. an interception to picking up 15 free yards. Yeah. It's a huge swing in the momentum. Looks like that's where the refs are dropping it, uh, but I think the coaches might have a discussion with them before this play goes through. But we're about to find out. Juanita fuming right now, and Fahey on a hope and a prayer gets his prayer answered. Oh, no. Wait. What? No, Logan, what? Tom, Logan is on the field. Yeah, the Juanita offense will step out. Uh, they are uh, quite a bit back from where they picked it. It must though. have been a penalty on the return. Yeah. That must huh. have been what it was. Could have been an illegal block, perhaps. We did not see it. Logan Johnson looking for the screen pass to Kennison. He will get it. It is a massive game. Fumble! Fumble! They are going um, to call that one dead. No. They called the play down. I thought um, I, someone's helmet came off, and I thought yeah. it was the football. It, it bounced so perfectly, too. That did bounce exactly like a football yeah. did. I'll say that. Unfortunate. And it looks like Juanita will take another timeout. 38 seconds left to go in the half. Uh, with, with, this amount, with, with this amount of time left, uh, Juanita kind of looking to, you know, assert their dominance over Mercer Island right yeah, now. Looking to go up more than two scores before the half. That's, that's not exactly the death blow that it is in the big leagues as it is in high school football, but still very significant. Still a while to go, though. They do have all their timeouts, but only 38 and a half seconds left, and they still need 53 yards. And here we go. Mercer Island's defense trots back out onto the field once again. They've been put in tough situations a couple of times this game, and a couple of times they have been put into those tough, tough situations. They've given up points. But this is their chance to make up for that. Make sure there's no points allowed here at the end of the half. Johnson looking for the play call. 
uh, out here in the shotgun once again. Refs call the play live, and here we go. Juanita takes the snap. Roll out to the right. It is, it is faked and getting ready to throw. Johnson throws the ball, and oh. it is caught. Wow. It is caught. Must. Who is that? Wow. That is number 10, Trav- Tavish Lyon. Tavish Lyon. What an incredible catch. He was able to sort of shimmy there and stop and jump up for the ball. Yeah, wow. That was That is impressive. With that, by the way, the quarterback, Logan Johnson, over 100 yards on the day. Nine for 10, 108 yards, two scores and a pick. That's honestly got to tip your cap to him. I mean, what a first half that was. My goodness. And momentum definitely all for Juanita right now. Yeah. Getting ready to trot out onto the field. Once again, it is down on the Mercer Island I believe that is the fifth. No, not the eight, not the fifteen. I believe it's down on the seventeen-yard line, actually. Yeah, Mercer Island going to need to uh, once again, you know, do the cornered rat dance better than anybody else. They're yeah. going to need uh, to get another stop while pinned back. Mer- Mercer Island's defense condensing into the middle of the field. Johnson will keep it on the play-action boot, and it no! is picked. There's it a pick. is picked on the down on the one-yard line. It is picked by Rogan. The top player on this team and one of the best playmakers, not only on offense, not only on special teams, but as a corner as well. Garrett Rogan checking in, playing his primary defensive position, but he's not gotten a lot of looks. Able to come up with a pick interception in the biggest game of the year so far. Garrett Rogan has etched his name into the history books. And obviously down at their own two-yard line with 20 seconds left to go. Uh, I don't think Mr. Allen's going to try anything too cute here. Just try not to lose any yards. But my goodness, what what a way to go to the half with something to put a feather in your cap in for. Definitely. And what will most certainly be a run here. And it looks like it'll be a quarterback power here. It just, uh, just Eli Fahey be, he being able to keep his legs moving for about a five-yard gain. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot of time left in the half. I think they're just trying to kill the ball here, uh, make sure they don't get a safety against, and hopefully go into the second half with a hope here. And this play uh, is called Don't Mess Up. Yep. And with zeros on the clock, Mercer Island is down 0-14, to 14, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Andrew Pearson here with McLean Hopkins and Will Pellerin. Will, before we go to half, and, uh, and I'll, I'll have McLean, uh, you answer this as well, uh, Mercer Island's momentum uh, at least, at least at the end, there kind of something positive to uh, to to go into the half with. They are down 14 points. Will, I'll start with you. What does Mercer Island need to do to get themselves back into this game, starting in the second half? Uh, well, they'll be getting the vo- ball first uh, on the kickoff to start off the second half, and I think the most important thing is they have got to score on that drive. They've got to get the momentum going. It's a whole new half. They've just had some time in the locker to talk things over. Uh, and that's really the last chance they're going to get. So I think if they can get a little bit underway, start chipping away at this lead, which is not that big, honestly. Two scores is not much in football. Um, that, that'll give them a really good chance. Because I think if they get down, then Juanita comes back and scores three scores. 21 nothing can be a really hard deficit to come back from. Halftime needs to be a palate cleanser. Mercer Island's momentum has been really up and down. There's been some times where they've looked in control, and there's been some times where this game looks like it should be 28-0 and not 14-0. 
this is uh, going to be huge what they do on that opening drive to set the tone. They got to get Eli going with some quick rhythm throws. They got to get the running backs involved. Mercer Island's running backs only received six carries in the first half. And uh, they're just going to have to keep the ball for a long period of time, get the defense uh, even longer rest. Irons hopefully get on the scoreboard. Absolutely. It is 14-0 here in favor of the Juanita Ravens against the Mercer Island Islanders. That'll do it for our little halftime report. We'll be back in just a little bit with the second half of this game. So don't tune out, folks, because we will be back with some more great football. Here we go. Have a good, have a nice night, and we'll be right back. It's Islanders football only on KMIH Mercer Island, 88.9 The Bridge. Now back to the action. Islanders football only on 88.9 The Bridge. All right, all right, all right, folks. Welcome back to Mercer Island football here on KMIH 88.9 The Bridge. I'm Andrew Pearson here with McLean Hopkins and now being joined by Ben Krieger here for the start of the second half. Third quarter will be on in just a couple of minutes. Now, Ben, uh, you're you're coming in fresh here, yeah. And you've been watching the game. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, and obviously, uh, Mercer Island. Just, just to update you guys, it is Mercer Island against the Juanita Ravens. Uh, they are current. Mercer Island is currently down fourteen to nothing. Now, Ben, you've been watching the game. You've been studying. All right. What does Mercer Island need to do to kind of get momentum back in their favor and start to get themselves out of this hole and get into the game? Well, I think Mercer Island kind of needs to cut down on their turnovers. They've had a few interceptions, and if they play the game at a slower pace, possibly, then I think they'll get in a better position for winning this game. They've gotten some interceptions on defense, but overall, I think they also need to improve on the pass defense and not allowing those big plays. Absolutely. Now, McLean, we've had a couple of players have some stand-up performances so far, most notably Garrett Rogan here for Mercer Island. Now, uh, looking at which players do you feel need to step up uh, in order for Mercer Island to kind of get back in this game, uh, who, do you think those, who do you think those players need to be in order to get Mercer Island to, to get put back into a position to win the game? I think to get Mercer Island into a winning position, it's got to be not only Eli Fahey punching above his weight, but we're going to have to start to see a better performance from Griffin King, one of the few two-way players left in the trenches. Uh, he's got the chance to, you know, really turn this game around if he can start getting some disruption, get in the backfield, and also do a bit of a better job protecting Eli Fahey. He's had no time to throw, and a big turnaround performance from G- Griffin King would uh, achieve both of those goals. Absolutely. Second half about to start here, and uh, we, we actually saw uh, during the halftime, guys, uh, Juanita, the Juanita coach was making his team uh, run run some sprints and do some high knees and get a little bit of exercise there uh, on on the left side of the field and Mercer Island doing some uh, lunges down down to the halfway point of the field. Uh, what what do you think that says to you on the coach's mentality and how they want to get uh, their players ready for the second half? Well, I think these are just coaches that want to get their guys warmed up. You know, injuries happen a lot, especially when players are coming into the half cold. I think if a coach warms up his players tough, they'll play tough. Mercer Island set to receive this second half kickoff. Kickoff team coming out onto the field right this very minute. Uh, I believe it will be Shavy and um, 
po- Rogan. possibly Rogan. Uh, I believe Catano's taken a couple of uh, returns here in, in that backfield, but let's see where it goes. Once again, guys, Keenan Gertz here for the Juanita Ravens will be kicking it off. He's their kickoff man uh, here for Juanita, and uh, Patrick Klinkenberg is their normal place kicker, but uh, Gertz is the guy who takes off for kickoffs. Now, Juanita getting ready to kick the ball as Mercer Island football is ready to come back onto the field. All right, come on, guys. Let's get the game going. Here we go. All right. Gertz getting ready to kick off this second half. 12 minutes on the clock. Shavy and I believe it's Catano down there ready to take off this second half kickoff. Kickoff going way back. Rogan gets gets the punt, and he has a lane. He has a lane. One man to beat, and he is unfortunately tackled, but it is he is down into Juanita territory. He is down at the 45-yard line, that guys. That was the kicker who pulled him down. It was the kicker. Number that, 30, Kalen Keenan Gertz. That's what a guy. Though, still, though, uh, Garrett Rogan able to move the ball, flip the field, field position. Obviously such a huge thing in high school football. And Garrett Rogan able to eat up a ton of yards on that kick return and make Eli Fahey's job so much easier. Now, instead of having to go 80, that end zone is 44 yards away. Eli Fahey coming in here into the shotgun, takes the snap, and it'll be a run this time. Athletic getting dragged down by a gator roll. That is Vincent Catano. What a great play there, and that'll get them the first down. Catano's fifth carry of the day goes for just over 10 yards. That he continues to eat up yards. Mercer Island, I don't know what coach put in that water at halftime, but wow. And here we go, guys. Snapped once again. Catano rumbling down for a three-yard game, showing the muscle on that one. Catano, six carries on the day, 30 yards, and he just continues to eat. You know, I've argued that uh, this Mercer Island offense would be better keeping the ball in between the tackles and ensuring that its most athletic players have the ball in space. I think on this field, Vince Catano is that most athletic player and needs to be getting more touches. He in the shotgun, getting ready for another play. Trips to his right, one right receiver singled out to his left, and there will be a flag on the play. Let's see what it is. It could be a false start, could be an offsides. Let's see what it is. And it will be, yep, looks like it's going to be encroachment on the defense, and that'll be an easy five yards here for Mercer Island. Yeah, I mean, well, those free five yards, you got to keep taking and taking and taking. If the hard count is working, do not go away from it. Keep the defense honest, but most importantly, keep them guessing. You know, when a defense guesses wrong, it involves a ton of free yards, free points for the offense. Fahey back in the shotgun once again. Shavy to his right, trips to his right, single wide receiver out to his left. Getting ready to punch one in here and get some momentum back for the Islanders. He takes the snap, looks left, fakes it. Throws it to the right on the comeback, and he will get it. Down to the right sideline. It'll be a third and short. That is... Jack Derner. Looks like it was Jack Derner once again on the play. He's been getting a lot of catches, hasn't he? Yeah, six catches so far on the day. Uh, Only 20 yards, but a lot of them have been on screens. He's been one of the guys that Coach Sledginger has really tried to feed. 
Uh, and obviously Jack Derner, a guy out on the perimeter, getting a lot of balls. If he makes guys miss, it, uh, that involves not only yards, but points. Mercer Island crowding some guys here at the line of scrimmage. Fahey in the pistol, hands it off here, and is another athletic run. Looks like it was Catano on that one once Vince again. Catano. That'll pick up a first down for the Islanders as they are now in Juanito red zone territory. Nice play there by the running back. Always searching for those extra yards, and he picks up the first down right there. Yeah, Catano hit that hole hard, and for such a little guy, he always manages to find a way to fall forward. I've yet to see Catano really, you know, get his lunch eaten by a tackler so far today. He's had an amazing day and really played his way into some more snaps, even after what looked like a fumble early on. Catano in the backfield will get the ball once again, and he rumbles up down the middle of the field for another three-yard gain. And Catano just keeps on eating. Wow, this guy, you know, when you give this guy more touches, more touches, good things happen. Good things happen with the ball in Vince Catano's hands. And here we go once again. Fahey in the pistol. Trey formation this time. Three wide receivers out to his right once again. And here we go. It is a second and long here for Fahil. Take the snap, gets the quick out, and it is over the head of Garrett Rogan on the on the hitch on the left side of the field. He was wide open, guys. Garrett Rogan yeah. ran a stellar route. Uh, he came down the field hard. The corner was giving him three, four yards of separation, and he was able to stop on a dime. That's like, man, I bet that kid was really good at freeze tag in elementary school. That's uh, an amazing route run. Unfortunately, just couldn't connect. Uh, Eli Fahey getting the ball down there. It's one of those throws that you just got to hit if you're going to be a starting quarterback. All right, and here we go. This time in the pistol formation here for Eli Fahey on a third and long. Trying to get a touchdown, and they will run it to Catano, and Catano picks up a good chunk of that yardage necessary. That'll be about a five-yard game for Catano up the middle. Interesting play call. Do you think that Mercer Island, by running on third down, have signified that this is four-down territory? I mean, who knows? They might just want to search for an easy three points, but being down two scores here in the third quarter, they want anything they can get. Often stays on the field, and Catano will run the ball, but it looks like he fumbles it. Let's see what the refs say, but it looks ugly, guys. I don't think he picked it up either way. And it will be called Whoa. for them for Maryland, and it'll be called a first down. Wow, what a what a lucky break here for Mercer as their drive stays alive. Whirlwind of emotions for the Islanders offense. And none more than Vince Catano, who stays on the field. He has not taken a snap on the sidelines this drive. He uh, appears to have played himself into somewhat of a three-down role, at least for this drive. Alright, and here we go. Versus Island, 11 yards from Paydirt. Here we go. It's Fahey back in the pistol again. Wide receivers to his left. And they will just keep running it with Catano. And Catano gets down to the second yard line. Here we go. Mercer Island in absolute. Yeah, you know, the, the carrot is right there on the string, ready for them to just grab it and eat it. Here we go. Mercer Island second and one yard. They can get a first down without a touchdown, but it will mean them being downed at the half yard line. And here we go, Fahey in the shotgun again, ready to get across the goal line. And he is preparing to take the snap. Two wide receivers to his right, one to his left, 
and they will run it up the middle for no gain. Good run defense there by the Ravens. They knew that the running backs for MIHS were doing good, so they knew they had to stop him right there. Yes, this uh, this Juanita defense was not exactly taking their foot off of the gas. They continue to send extra guys and get clogged in the gaps. Uh, Mercer Island has been daring them to sell out to stop the run, knowing that Eli is always capable of making the first defender miss and knowing that his receivers will free up. And that run will actually push him back about a half yard. And here we go. And it is a quick out route, and oh. it is dropped. It is dropped. It was thrown into very tight coverage by Fahey, and just an unfortunate break there, though. Guys, it is, they are down 14-0. It is fourth with one yard to go here on the end zone. Obviously, it's a fourth down situation. Obviously, this is four down territory. And for the first time tonight, Vince Catano will head to the bench. Chase Shavey back in at running back. So far today, Shavey's got two carries for 14 yards. It'll be interesting to see what direction the offense takes here. Will they trust Fahey or will they let Shavey run it? Pressure is mounting here for the Islanders as they fake the run. And, it, and Eli Fahey tries to draw his way into the end zone but is stopped. I think he got the first. Is it a count as a first? I think he might have got that first. Let's see how the refs call it. All on the spot. All on the spot as the officiating once again could really shift the tide in this one. Let's see how it goes. And it looks like they are signaling it for Juanita. Unfortunate break here for the Islanders. It was, if they had gotten past the second yard, the, the two-yard line, it would have been a first down here for the Islanders. It was not a fourth and goal situation. Um, just an unfortunate break for the Islanders. And oh boy, here we go. Now with the Ravens offense pinned back, I know every single member of that defense is thinking safety. The box is crowded on first down from Juanita's two. And Johnson will take the snap, and it is ran up the middle of the field for about a five-yard gain. That is Cooper Kennison once again, the very, very, very bad man. And even though he maybe didn't pick up a ton of yards on that play, you got a little bit more breathing room getting out of that one, two-yard territory near the end zone right there. Breathing room is valuable in high school. This game is won and lost in field position. Without elite punters and place kickers, you need to be close to your end zone to put points on the board. And Marcer Island are very close to the end zone, even here on defense. Logan Johnson takes a snap, hands it off to Kennison once again, and he is stuffed, absolutely stuffed at the line of scrimmage for no gain. And it looks like it's going to be another passing situation here for Juanita as it is a third and very, very, very long five. The arm of Logan Johnson has been reliable today. He is 9 of 10 for 113 yards, two touchdowns, but two picks. And here we go. Pressure is mounting once again. Offense for the Ravens coming out on this third and eight. Mercer Island trying to crowd the box once again discourage Juanita throwing and forcing Johnson to, th to use his arm to beat them. Johnson will take the snap. He's flushed out and he is sacked. Dropped in the backfield. Tommy Frink and Griffin King with the pressure. Frink gets credit for the sack but it was Griffin King who moved him off the spot. 
That was a stellar defensive play by the defensive front of the Islanders. They were playing amazing football. This is the best I have seen the Mercer Island front seven all night. And with the nerves here for Juanita, we saw an earlier bot botched punt by Mercer Island uh, not too long ago at the end of the half, though it is not botched, botched on this one. Punt for the Ravens out there. It looks like Rogan will take the return. That's Shavy. Shavy gets the corner. He has the edge. And he is down at the Juanita 18-yard line. Wonderful punt return by Chase Shavy. Yes, penalty marker on the field. We will wait to see if it stands. But all that said, Chase Shavy flashing that elite open field speed and the fact that he just never fumbles to have a, a great punt return. Make guys miss, able to hit the holes hard. And, you know, Chase Shavy continues to cement himself as one of the premier returners in this conference. And it looks like the penalty will be on the Islanders. They will keep the ball, but unfortunately pushed back about 15 yards on what looks to be a very critical penalty. Yes, this ball spotted still on the Juanita Ravens. Uh, oh my God, they just keep getting pushed back. Oh my gosh. Ah, spoke too soon. Looks like Mercer Island will have 52 yards to go to find the end zone. This ball is... Uh, back on the 48-yard line of Mercer Island. Could be worse, but still, after that return from Shavy, I was thinking it could have been a lot better. I mean, taking a little bit of wind out of the sails here for Mercer Island, but they still get the ball at almost midfield at their own 48-yard line. Fahey getting ready to take the snap. It'll be a run once again by Catano, and Catano muscles his way into a five-yard gain. Good, good rush there by Catano. The way he just bulldozes past the defense, getting a few extra yards each time, and even in those situations where there's Lots of defenders surrounding him. Maybe he gets a few extra yards each time. Yeah, Katana's a little guy, but he runs big. Absolutely. Mercer Island getting their offense back out onto the field. It'll be a three-wide receiver set with tight end Cole Drayton on the side of the left tackle. And Fahey once again in the pistol, getting ready to take the snap, trying to drive Mercer Island downfield on this, on this second and five. And Katana will get the ball again. And this time he is unfortunately stuffed at the line and driven back. What a stout play here by the Ravens defense. Yikes. That uh, run stuff on third and or second down will bring up a third and long. And already Mercer Island behind the chains. Third down and needing about eight for the first. And just not a position you want to be in when you're Mercer Island. The field position, uh, as I've preached before on so many other broadcasts, McLean, and uh, I think it still rings true here. Field position, especially in high school football, is absolutely crucial. And when you botch it, like when Shavy was down at the 18, and unfortunately, uh, Mercer Island is definitely not at the 18 right now. Fahey takes the snap, looking to make a man miss. He makes, the, he makes a miss this time. Let's see if he throws. He will not. He is corralled by the Ravens' defense, sacked once again behind the line of scrimmage. What a play. Fourth time he's been dragged down today so far. But I'll say this. This was, I'd count that as something positive for Mercer Island. It seems like every member of that defensive line was right in the pocket. And Eli Fahey made them all miss. Was able to flush out to the near side of the field and just got cracked by a linebacker. Even then it still took another guy to bring him down. This is Eli's most impressive sack he's ever taken. Absolutely, just really shows the athleticism of Fahey. Punter takes the correct snack this time, punts it. It'll be a bit short. Oh, but he oh. fumbles it. He fumbled. He muffs the punt. Let's see what the refs call it this time. And 
unfortunately, Mercer Allen is not able to get on the punt that time. That was a muffed punt by Juanita, and it was just a sea of maroon and white. They're ready to pounce on the ball, unfortunately just not able to get to it in time. Carson Zapata probably just saved his roster spot by being able to fall on that punt. There are a few worse things you can do for yourself than make a special teams miscue in high school football. I think that by getting on that punt, he saved not only the game for his team, but also his entire football career. Wow. And here we go. Logan Johnson out here. About to take the snap once again, but the refs blow it dead. Let's see what it is. Well, let's see what it's for this time. Oh, and there goes another flag. Oh, my gosh. Looks like this one, that ref was uh, marking some uh, players with his finger. There might have been 12 guys on that field. Um... Yep, it looks like that's what the call is going to be. Juanita not being able to sub their men out fast enough. Hmm. Now, unfortunately, that isn't on. No, okay, so here's what confuses me, right? They were about to snap the ball, but they hadn't snapped it yet. So they, so they just blew it dead anyway while the guy was while, while he was subbing out? A play clock. Oh, play clock? Okay. Yeah. If the play clock is under five seconds in high school, this is an obscure rule, but if the play clock gets to under five seconds, you can blow the play dead, and if there's still 12 guys on the field, that's oh. a penalty. Well, thank you for that high school football knowledge, McLean. You are the guy who formerly played, not me. But Logan Johnson takes a snap once again, and guess who it is? It's that very, very, very bad man who goes for about a five-yard game, Cooper Kennison. We just keep calling his name his name tonight, folks. Yeah, and Cooper right there picking up some important yards for the Ravens. Mercer Island really needs to get some stops here to make this game a possible win for them. Yeah, after the penalty, still second and a long nine, ten yards. Uh, but, you know, still, when you get first and 15, the hope is that you get second and 15. And the hope is that after that, you can have third and long. Logan Johnson getting ready to take the snap again. Motion out to his left. It'll be a four-wide receiver set. Blitz from Mercer Island. And it is a very, very, very low-thrown ball on the screen to the left. And they will lose yardage, Juanita will, on that play. It'll leave them with a third and forever on this one. Yeah. A couple mistakes there by the Ravens. Low snap, low throw. And that's just not a play you want right there. It's yeah. going to be a long third down. Four under 50 seconds left to play here tonight. Uh, or that is under 40 seconds left to play in the third quarter, rather. Excuse me. The game is not over, folks, but it is still 14-0. No scoring in this half as of yet. Logan Johnson getting ready to take the snap in what will most likely be the final play of the quarter. And here we go. Johnson takes the snap, drops back, throws the screen, and it will get, it will get there. And he just keeps going. That is, once again, Cooper Kennison almost makes the first down. My goodness. Wow. Critical tackle there. Yeah, with that, by the way, uh, get this. Here's a stat. Logan Johnson has thrown two picks today, but still has yet to throw an incompletion. The only, that's, that's correct. The only incom he hasn't thrown a single incompletion today. Even, even the incompletions he has on the stat sheet were to the other team. So. Yeah. Every pat he, a ball thrown by him has yet to hit the turf. He's lost yardage uh, throwing to two separate receivers, but still no incompletions. And that'll do it for our coverage here of the third quarter here. It is Mercer Island nothing. Juanita 
14 as we would head into the fourth quarter very momentarily before before we leave here uh, and come back in just a couple of minutes. Ben, I want to ask you, Mercer Island is having pressure mounted on them right now, and uh, what 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 do you think will really get them back in this game, especially at such a late juncture? You know, I think they just got to – they have to take it – a little more aggressively in this fourth quarter. They've been taking it slow, and that just hasn't worked. They've put up zero points at the moment, and maybe if they play a little more risky in this fourth quarter, they can get a few sparks going and make this game more competitive. Well, we certainly hope so, folks. Third quarter is about to start here, and we'll be back in just a couple of seconds, about a 30-second break here, and we'll bring you the fourth quarter coverage here on KMH 88.9 The Bridge. Hey KMIH, your fellow student Caroline Capuano here. Let's talk about bullying. Around 20% of students nationwide have experienced bullying and over 1,600,000 students ages 12 to 18 have skipped school to avoid their bullying. No one should ever have to live in fear in their own community. If you have been bullied or experienced bullying, please report this abuse to a trusted adult like a school counselor or parent and be sure to not be a bystander. Stand up for what is right by standing against bullying. Remember to promote kindness from everyone here at 88.9 The Bridge. Now back to the action. Islanders football only on 88.9 The Bridge. All right, folks. Welcome back to our coverage here on KMH 88.9 The Bridge of Mercer Island against Juanita. Uh, we'll start here with a run from, from Vincent Quintano. Uh, it'll be a very, very short gain here, almost back to the line of scrimmage. I'm Andrew Pearson here with McLean Hopkins and Will Pellerin. And we are starting the fourth quarter here. Uh, the Juanita Ravens are up currently 14 to nothing against the Mercer Island Islanders with 11.30 left to play. Yeah, 11 minutes, 30 left to go in this one. That's right. These high school quarters are shorter than in college or on Sundays. But you still, you still 11 minutes down two scores. This game is not out of reach by any means. Absolutely. And, Will, now that you're back, you've been watching this game for a quarter. Uh, uh, after this play, I'll go ahead and ask you as Fahey takes the snap, throws oh. it deep down the field and is out of reach there for Garrett Rogan now. Will, you be, you were watching the game for a quarter. You've been watching how this team's playing. How they've been trying to bounce back in this second half. Uh, what kind of changes have you seen from Mercer Island that has kind of been helping them out a little bit uh, as as we go into this final quarter? Uh, you know, coming right out of the gate, their offense honestly looked dynamic. I thought we were going to go down, drive down for a touchdown, uh, but we managed to get stopped up at about what the third the third yard line there. Yeah, which is really unfortunate. So I think we're pretty much we're knocking on the doorstep here. We just need to get the finish going. And I think once we get that, we're right in this game it's with them. It's third and very, very long here for the Islanders. Eli Fahey in the shotgun once again takes the snap, looking to pass deeper, and he is swallowed up. Another brutal sack here for Mercer Island. Juanita's defense has just been getting crucial sacks on third down that has just been killing Mercer Island drives. I say you got to run the fake punt. Run the fake, run the pooch punt. Fourth and a million. Let's run the fake punt. Let's snap it to the up man. Let's you put think? the ball. Yeah. Well, look at who the up men are. Let's put the ball. I, I, I think I trust Alexander Espinoza with the ball in his hands. That kid's an athlete. We know him from, from lacrosse, uh, broadcasting lacrosse on this station. I trust that kid with the ball. 
That is true, but a mistake here would be very costly. And it will be a punt here for the Islanders. It will go out, be a bit of a bit of a short punt there. It'll go out at about the 37-yard line. Juanita trotting out to the field once again for this final quarter, getting ready to hopefully put this ball game out of reach. All right. This has to be a three and out. Mercer Island cannot uh, take another long, gut-wrenching, clock-draining drive. There is not enough time left in this game to let Juanita hold it for another 6 minutes 30. And even if they wind up with no points, that's still really bad. Mercer Island has got to get off the field in one or two series here. And uh, if they want to do that, they're going to have to stop Cooper Kennison. Cooper Kennison out in the backfield once again. And snap is taken. It looks like it will be catched by Logan Johnson. Logan Johnson throws a deep one, and he catches it. That is number six being tripped up at the very last moment. Emmanuel is, Cody. Emmanuel Cody once again coming up with another big catch on the on the over route to the left side of the field. Really good tackle there by Nick Chitalis too. If he did not get to that guy, he would have been gone, uh, especially just gaining speed. But lucky he managed to get him before he could accelerate too much and they saved it there. And that's a concept we see in the, in the NFL a lot these days as well, especially in those Mike, Mike Shanahan schemes, uh, or those Kyle Shanahan schemes, rather, where it's a lot of play action and trying to move your receivers laterally. Yeah, it it's, wonderfully we there. see it working really well here in high school. Trips to Johnson's right, wide receiver to his left. Kennison in the backfield, and that is encroachment on the Islanders. Smart play by Johnson to get the hard count. Logan Johnson has been the better of the two quarterbacks on the field tonight. I don't like saying it, but it's true. Logan Johnson has been professional. He's been composed. He has a couple of mistakes, but that's just it. He's only had a couple of mistakes. He's never looked outclassed, uh, and not to mention his team has given him all the time, all the protection he's needed. I think he's only been sacked once. And by couple of mistakes, we really do mean couple, as he's only had two interceptions and, have been, and completed every other pass tonight. Johnson pitches it out to Kennison. Kennison dominating his way, gets the edge, gets the first down, smacks a man on his way down to the right sideline. It'll be a first down for Juanita, and they are knocking on the door of the Mercer Island end zone as they are down on the 13-yard line of Mercer Island. Man, that Kennison guy is something, huh? Yeah. We've had a tough time tackling him tonight. Now, MI have played pretty great red zone defense thus far. Both of their interceptions coming on big plays in the red zone it looks like they're gonna you know need lightning to strike for a third time tonight Juanita trots back out onto the field hands it off to Kennison as he always does Kennison up the middle and he will get about a five yard gain on that one 88 yards already on the day as Kennison far and away the game's leading rusher I uh you think I he'll think, make it to 100 in this I one? I think the century mark is an, a win and not an if for, for Cooper Kennison. This kid has run with determination, and his team's feeding him, too. 17 carries on the night. I mean, just a powerful contact balance runner here on the field tonight for Juanita. Kennison, been playing amazing. Snap is taken again by Johnson. Hands it off to Kennison. What else is new? He gets a two-yard rush on this one, and it'll be a third and medium for Juanita. Third down. This is Mercer Island's best chance to get off the field. Third and medium. Honestly, this is probably a running situation. This is probably a running situation. Um, 
Uh, it looks like some big players will be substituting on the field and small speedy guys uh, will be subbing off for Juanita. Could be a red herring, but this has been this has been a running situation for them. Third down and medium. Jumbo formation here for Juanita. Two backs in the backfield and two tight ends as well. Pitch out to Kennison and he will most likely get the first down, though it's very, very close. We've had a couple of close calls today, guys. Uh, the refs have definitely not been, e not, not have definitely had their work cut out for them today. And we'll see how they mark this one. This one, the chain gang are telling us fourth and short. Looks like right where Mercer Island was, that is now where Juanita is. Fourth down, uh, going in fourth down. They can get a first down without scoring a touchdown, but it will require them being downed at the half-yard line. It will also require them to have their offense out of the field, which they do not have. They're kicking I, it. Finally, it's Patrick Klinkenberg getting ready to kick the field goal. He does, and he gets it. It'll be 17 to nothing with seven minutes left to play here for the Mercer Island Islanders. They are down three scores, guys. It's desperation hour for Eli Fahey and his boys. Yeah, I think 100% that's the right play by Juanita there. Uh, putting them ahead by more than 16, so make it Mercer Island cannot tie the game up with two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. It's huge for them. And I think that might put this one just quite out of reach realistically, unless there's a miracle here with gonna a big turnover or a kickoff. This is going to be a tough one for Mercer Island to pull Gonna need out an of. onside kick. Yeah. Gonna need an onside kick, which means it's time for me to tell you the high school onside kick rules. Okay, they're not like pro. Okay, uh, they are closer to the NFLs than to colleges, uh, but you can line up with as many players wherever you want. You have to have somebody more than 20 yards away, but other than that, you can put 10 players on one side, you can put 10 players on the other side. There are no rules. You can put, you can stack like in college. You can, as the kicking team, go six and four. This isn't relevant yet, but it will be. And I know all the rules. That's right. Patrick Klinkenberg was able to knock one through the uprights Though he is not the kickoff man, folks. The kickoff man all night has been Keenan Gertz, who is getting ready to kick this one off to Mercer Island. And here we go. Probably the most crucial drive for Mercer Island starts right now. Chase Shavey gets the kickoff, trying to make a man miss, and he will not be able to do so. He's wrapped up by two men for Juanita. Yeah, they've got to score here, and they've got to score quickly. Uh, not much time left on the board here in the fourth. We'll see Mercer what they Island. do here on the 28-yard line. The whole field is theirs, and I will imagine that this game is now as great as Vince Catano's performance has been. This game is now going to be won or lost off of the arm of Eli Fahey. And here we go again. Him and his, him and his brunch buddies getting there in the huddle, and they break it. Four wide receivers set. What else is new for Mercer Island? Fahey in the shotgun. Looks like it's going to be Catano behind him. And here we go. Drive of the night starts here. Season hanging in the balance. Fahey takes the snap. Takes a deep shot down the field. And it is just through the hands of... Is, oh, I can barely see that number. Come on, buddy. I mean, that, that was a great throw. It was a corner route down the left side of the field. Um, I believe that was number 13. Um, Addison King. Yeah, I believe that was Addison King on the, on the left side. Great corner route. Yeah, no, it was a really well-run well route. And here we go once again. Juanita 
getting their defense out here in, in preparation to kill Mercer Island's hopes and dreams once and for all. Fahey getting ready to take the snap, and he does. Dropping back, needing to throw downfield, and he is pressured, and he is hit as he throws again. Juanita has just done a remarkable job absolutely bullying Eli Fahey in the backfield and just manhandling this Mercer Island offensive line. That is at least four sacks now, and who knows how many hurries they already have. Yeah, he's yeah, had a, a hard time getting the ball off so far in this game. That's why they have not been able to do a whole lot in the air. Uh, he just doesn't have the time to set up a good pass and see the open guy. Yeah, even the best of quarterbacks need time to throw. Eli now third and long. It's looking bleak. And here we go. M what might be the final opportunity on third down here. You you almost think about running it just to make it a shorter fourth down because it is absolutely a do-or-die situation. He takes the snap, looking deep. He needs to make another man miss, and he does. Trying to throw the ball, got the ball off, and it is just out of the reach. Yeah, and swatted by number four, Carson Zapata there. And this is going to be looking like their last chance uh, to hopefully get somewhere in this game. Yeah, that's the connection with Addison King has not been there. That's That was King's fifth target of the night. He still only got one catch. Addison King was the target on Eli's only interception of the night uh, and, you know, has been overthrown three what, other times. And what might as well be the raising of the white flag here for Mercer Island, the punt formation is out on the field 643 left to play you almost think about a, a fake punt here but it's gonna be it's gonna be rough they just had jack turner running all over the field another kind of high snap and oh. then oh, the no. punt is blocked the punt is blocked by juanita they have it in the end so they're gonna get all over it it's gonna be another touchdown for juanita and that is just the final dagger into the hearts of mercer island they are going to need three scores to get, even get this game into reach. It is now 23 nothing, and uh, it looks like Klinkenberg will be out here to kick the extra point. Just an unfortunate break for the Islanders. Yeah, it's. it's I think some changes are going to be made to the punt team. Uh, key punt contributor Sai Papavith uh, is injured tonight, uh, couldn't make it. But if that's what one backup being in makes your punt team looks like, Mercer Island has some questions to answer. A loss eliminates them from playoff contention tonight, but you still got to work your punt team out, man. And just another rough one. Klinkenberg out here again. Going to get ready to kick one, and he does, and it is through the uprights. Yeah, he has been perfect tonight. Uh, three for three on the PATs, also with a field goal knocked in. So pretty good yeah. night for him as well as the Juanita defense. And that's something that's very frustrating as someone who's watching the game. The Mercer Island defense hasn't even been that bad. No, yeah. they have been. I would say they've been pretty good. The Mercer Island defense has has picked off the quarterback twice. Uh, they've been able to stand up to one of the best and most efficient offenses in the county. And they have been left in some pretty bad spots by the yeah. offense, uh, especially earlier in the game, that they managed to stop. So. I mean, we're getting to a point, guys, where... You almost wonder if we're going to see backup Spencer Kornblum come in for a little bit. Yeah, Kornblum was electric. He was a, uh, you know, gunslinger when he uh, did play in the season opener after uh, Eli Fahey left with a injury to his non-throwing hand. He, uh, Kornblum was great. He, Kornblum, played, he played with aggressiveness. Yeah. And he actually settled down near the end of that game and looked kind of promising. Um, so you wonder if, you might, if we might end up... Uh, 
seeing a little little guest appearance from him tonight. Yeah. But it looks like Gertz is going to kick it off here for Juanita. It is a very high kickoff. Shavy taking it, trying to make another man miss. Getting up to the middle of the field. Electric run back, but will fall short here at the 45-yard line. Yeah. I'll say this about this game. While the score uh, may have the Islanders looking uh, a little bit, may have the prospects of an Islanders victory looking a little bit bleak, the student section is staying packed. These stands are still colored maroon and white. Islander Nation has not gone home and not given up. I uh, love this high school. And uh, looks like someone who has given up. It looks like the coach on Eli Fahey because I don't see him out there. Nope. That's that. that there we go. That's Corn Spencer Cornblum. You know, All right. That's a pretty good move by the coaches. I mean, you got to imagine this is a guy that's going to be taking over the reins for the next two years. You might as well get him some good experience while you can. Right? Cornblum running, running out of the pocket. Will oh. fumble on his first attempt. And it is being returned by the Juanita. Yikes. What wow. an absolute disaster as your first snap. I believe that is 20. Let's see here. I believe that's 24 Ryan Hutchinson who returned that one. Ryan yeah. Hutchinson, what a way to get your name on the stat sheet for the first time. No kidding, and that is a very rough situation to be put in now. The score almost 30 more than the Islanders. Yikes. I'll say this, though. Mercer Island has played Juanita close for a large portion of this game. The score may be 30 to nothing pending the PAT, but Mercer Island's offense has definitely done enough to warrant at least some points. This has not looked like a shutout. The offense has been moving the ball. You know, getting stopped on some fourth downs has hurt them, kept some points off the board. Uh, and special teams miscues have given Juanita tons of points. And Klinkenberg getting ready to kick the PAT. And as is formality at this point, he knocks him through. It is 31-0, 6-15 left to play. Mercer Island just getting murked tonight in just unfortunate situations. Cornblue uh, might be a little rattled coming into this next series, but uh, honestly, it's experience he really needs to get, especially uh, considering the pressure Juanita has gotten all night. Yeah, definitely. Cornblue, in his one drop back, he's been hurried. He's been on the move. He's been hit. Uh, you know, it's obviously not the situation you want a young sophomore quarterback being thrown into. The offensive line has got to be better. That's right. And remember, Cornblum, and we actually just heard this from his dad earlier in the game, he's not even 16 years old yet. He can't even 15. drive. He, he, he turns 16 tomorrow. Oh, well, happy huh? birthday, Spencer. Yeah, heck, heck yeah. And here we go. Juanita getting ready to kick the ball once again. Spencer Cornblum going to be taking advantage of his opportunity here late in the fourth quarter. Let's see what he can do as it is. Keenan Gertz getting ready to kick one off for Juanita once again. And here we go. Another high kick here for Juanita. Looks like Garrett Rogan will take that kickoff. And he almost gets through the mob of blockers but will not be able to do so. He is now setting up Mercer Island to start this next drive at the 32-yard line. If uh, something should happen to Spencer Kornblum and Eli Fahey has already hit the showers, by the way, the third emergency quarterback, not listed on the roster as a quarterback, but it's Quinn Shavy who will be stepping in if anything happens to Cornblum. That is Chase Shavy's younger brother. Chase Shavy's you younger brother. Imagine. It is a family affair for the Shavies. Uh, Chase and Quinn, both uh, great athletes. 
Uh, Quinn is, I believe, a lacrosse player in the spring and a basketball player in the winter. Uh, and their dad uh, is the on this coaching staff, too. That would be really interesting to see him come in. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to happen here with only six left in the fourth. Time is running out. And it looks like it'll be a timeout by by Mercer Island once again. Maybe too many men on the field. Maybe they didn't get their play call quite right. Kornblum's looking at the sideline, uh, wondering what the call was. They only had 10. Yeah. They only had 10 men on the field. I counted very quickly. They only had 10 men on the field. Uh, so it looks like looks like number 27, Ryan Boyle, will have to hustle onto the field, uh, play that receiver position, and, you know, be the 11th guy. That's the other thing. Uh, once games start to become out of reach and coaches will look to let the kids play. It starts to get a little sloppy, doesn't it? Starts it starts to get not only sloppy but confusing. You have guys substituting in and out who were told that they would be playing 60 minutes of football. You have a lot of guys, you know, who have, you know, maybe not even bothered to wash their jersey because they know that there was no chance they were seeing the field are all of a sudden being pressed into action. And here we go once again. Kornblum now on the shotgun, looking to take the reins here on the Mercer Island offense. Let's see what he can do. Three receivers out to his right. Kornblum takes the snap, rolls out to the right, looking to throw his pressured, and he will actually get that one off. It's a completion. But, Looks like number 17, Xander Peck, will be on the receiving end of that. Xander just joined the football program this year. He's a senior, probably, you know, looking for something to throw in the college house. Yeah. Um, but he gets now on the stat sheet. Yeah, good for him, honestly. Yeah, one for one, one yard on Spencer Kornblum's name. All right, though, we'll have 5.30 left to play here in the fourth quarter. Kornblum getting ready to, to take the snap here on the second and nine. Let's see what he can do. He takes the snap, dropping back, already pressured, throws it deep, and unfortunately not over the head of the linebacker, almost had his receiver screaming wide open he but had, just he had, he had uh, Ryan Boyle the extra guy uh, wide open if uh, that linebacker of Juanita hadn't gotten a hand on that ball man that could have been a gash could have been a nice chunk play and Mercer Island's chance to get on the scoreboard here in the fourth quarter and here we go once again third and nine with 525 left to play in the game three wide receivers to his right one wide receiver to his left and here we go Kornblum throws it and it is snagged what a great catch there Elon Gotel yep. the only one of, or excuse me one, one of, of two, two freshmen, freshmen. Yeah. one of two freshmen able to jump up <clears throat> grab us grab a catch there yeah very impressive feat making this team as a freshman absolutely just able to fully extend get vertical there and just bring down the catch just a great snag and here we go. Kornblum getting ready again. Let's see what he can do. Five minutes left to play here in the fourth quarter. 31-0 in favor of the Ravens. Deep throw, and it is caught. Snagged. Number nine, Chaz Brotherton, the tight end, able to, able to get that one. Oh, I'm sorry. That is number three, Jack Derner, who, uh, who caught the ball there. Jack Derner, that was his seventh catch of the day, and at six yards is his longest. He's now got seven catches on seven targets for 26 yards. Yet to drop one, but yet to really break one for a big gain either. Four wide receivers set here for Cornwall, getting ready to, to throw it. 
And here he goes, takes another deep shot, and out of the reach there. For Just 27. couldn't connect with Brandon Focano, uh, a sophomore. He's a hybrid playmaker. We'll check in at running back, receiver, even checks in at tight end on some of those bigger packages, more goal line driven packages, whenever they run two, three tight ends. He's a guy who will play all over the field, and he does them all well. He's got a great rapport with Kornblum, both of them being sophomores. And uh, they're throwing to each other in practice all the time. Absolutely. Kornblum getting ready. Same four, four wide receivers set on the third and four. Here we go. Trying to throw the quick pass, and it is just barely caught. It is a great play. It was bobbled in between three guys. I thought it was tipped and going to be out of there, but that is Ryan Boyle who caught that one off, off the deflection. Wow, what a, what a great throw. Ryan Boyle, that pass intended for Xander Peck. Ryan Boyle gets the catch. And just like that, Spencer Kornblum has, thro has put some nice uh, throws together. Oh, are they calling that incomplete? Uh, they might be. That's nonsense. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Time to complain about the officiating. Let's do it. I mean, they've been doing it. Uh, to be fair, they are, I think they've been doing a this pretty, has been good, a pretty job. good crew. This has been a pretty yeah. good crew. Still going to complain about him because uh, referee hate is fun. But Referees aren't really people, you know. Careful. <laughs> All right, here we go. Kornblum in the empty in the empty set, throwing down deep in the middle of the field, and it is dropped. Unfortunate there. That is number 27, Ryan Boyle. Uh, just got it knocked out of his hands as Juanita will come onto the field one more time with four minutes left to go. Yep. Four minutes for the Juanita offense to, you know, continue rubbing salt in the wound. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you know. You know, you wonder if Juanita will, as a sign of respect, maybe let the backup play. I really liked uh, watching the game of Vasily Stetanko. Stetanko. Um, he was a he, he played well at quarterback. And it looks like we will be seeing him now. That is number three out there, Vasily Stetanko, ready to take the snap here. And here we go. He ball will be ran here. For another chunk play, that is number five, Elliot Staples, who got the carry. Elliot Staples' first carry of the day. Goes for five yards. Elliot Staples has checked in. This is, he is a freshman on varsity. The only freshman listed on uh, the Juanita varsity roster. And it's always good to see, you know, young guys with single-digit numbers in there. Because you know what that means? That means the coaching staff thinks very highly of them. And here we go. Vasily getting ready to take the snap. Almost bobbles it, but he will get it to his running back. That is Elliot Staples again. Correction. That's oh, oh, that's number 25. I'm sorry. That is uh, that v Vero Munjua. Vero Munjua. I was scared that of that is, name. That is so one scared. of those names. That is one of those names. We got a little counsel on how to pronounce that one before this one started. Uh, he's on the stat sheet now. Uh, yeah, one carry for four yards. All right, Vasily ready to take the snap in the pistol. Once again, two wide receivers to his right. And it'll be Munjua once again taking the snap, oh, running wow. the ball down the field, just refusing to go down. Athleticism flashing as he goes into the end zone. Touchdown, Juanita, and they have just run away with this one, guys. Currently 37-0 for Mercer Island. I have to give it to him. That was an impressive run. Uh, I thought they would have had him down there, and he managed to evade a couple dudes. 
uh, and then the speed shows, and he burst into the end zone there. Yeah, he really showed he showed similar speed uh, to the starting running back, Cooper Kennison, and it's one of those things that you really enjoy seeing it. You like to see a deep roster. Yeah, these guys are stacked, especially at the running back position. They've had a lot of good plays. Yeah. Clinking, Clinkenberg getting set to kick the PAT, and he does. Yep. He has been perfect on the day and perfect at ruining the Mercer Islanders' night. Yes. It is 38-0 with 2.32 left on the clock. Yeah, you know, this game really doesn't show how our defense is played because I feel like 38-0 is really just not... The score of this game the does score not this reflect game is not how close it's been. Yeah. 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 I mean, this, has been, this has been, you know... Uh, 10 to 7 defensive slugfest that just now looks like a 38 nothing beatdown just because of special teams miscues, broken plays, and a lot of things that happened with the game already all out of reach. Yeah. All yeah. within these last, you know, six or seven minutes of the fourth quarter. This, everyone who showed up to the jungle tonight got to watch three quarters of some of the best high school football I've ever seen. And keep in mind, folks, that it was 14 nothing going into the fourth quarter. It is now 38 nothing. Yeah, going, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, like all of these points came in these last couple of drives. It's kind of ridiculous. <sighs> Shows once again the importance of special teams and the importance of field position. Quick scores don't just happen. And here we go. Keenan Gertz getting ready to kick to kick to kick it off again for Juanita. Again, that was a excellent touchdown run for Vero Munjua on the on that one. It was about oh my gosh, at least fifty yards. It was, uh, it was a long one. It was very, very long. 44 yards. That athleticism shows you why he's on the roster as a freshman. Kick off here. Shavy catches the ball again, and it is called fair. He's trying to make a man miss, and he will get down to the 35-yard line, getting carried by him and his friends. And uh, he's still down, at the, still down at the 35, but that was a little fun. Play mercifully blown dead. I, you, you get worried. You know, kickoff is the most dangerous play in football. I've every time the every time from the moment that ball is kicked off to the moment that that whistle is blown, I am nervous. All right, Mercer Island uh, should probably be looking to avoid the shutout just from a moral standpoint. They're uh, 65 yards from pay dirt, and Spencer Kornblum will try to be the man who leads them to the promised land for the first time all night. And so Kornblum in the shotgun trying to at least get something on the board for Mercer Island. He'll take the snap, drops back deep, throws deep here, and it is bobbled. Is that going to be called Incomplete. an interception? Very, very dangerous throw that there. bounced off of quite a few players. Number 19 for the Islanders, Tyler Price, was the intended target, uh, but number three for the Juanita Ravens, Stetsanko, the quarterback uh, moonlighting on defense, Darn near got his hands on that, got uh, credit for a pick. Yeah, I mean, he just about came down with that ball, too. That would have been an insane catch. I mean, it was, yeah. about, to, it was about to look like that, like that Jerome Curse catch from the, the Seahawks Super Bowl run oh, where he just oh, kept yeah. on bobbling it. Yeah. And then he caught it off Jermaine his leg. Jermaine Curse's circus catch you know, from that, all those years ago. That is such a good catch, but it just gets overshadowed by the moments following it. it don't, yeah, let's not. Well, we don't need to go into that. We don't need we don't to go, go into that, that as Kornblum. Rolls out to his left, throwing deep and over the head of number 27, Ryan Boyle. Looks though like we might have a P.I. here. Yeah. Holding. Yeah. This has been, by the way, a relatively clean game by both teams. We've had a you know couple of times teams have jumped off sides. Uh, 
each team has fallen victim to the hard count once. There was 12 men on the field that one time and a personal foul chop block on the return of the interception thrown in the second quarter. But this has been the first real penalty all game. Yeah, that is a very, very clean game uh, for football standards. Yeah, especially for high school. You know, I mean, refs are uh, notoriously slow to throw flags in high school football. But yeah. even for a high school game, there has been not a lot of laundry on the field tonight. And here we go. Cornblum getting set up at midfield, trying to put some numbers on the board for Mercer Island. And here we go. He takes the snap, drops back, getting ready to throw. Flushed out to his right, throwing into quadruple coverage. That's number 27 there. That is Kai Tuomisto, who is who was in on the coverage, uh, almost had it in his hands for, for the Ravens, but was not able to do so. Yeah, Mason Chorak was the intended target of that pass, his first target of the night. And it's, it's good to see these tight ends getting involved in the passing game, you know, checking in as a receiver. But he's a guy who's played both ways and defensive line when he plays defense. And here we go. Kornblum in a four-wide receiver set, as per usual, takes the snap, looking to throw deep, and he will. He has a boil open, and he gets it. Gets it on the corner route. Down to the Juanita 22-yard line in field goal distance, guys. Finally, a big play waiting to happen. Finally, Mercer Allen gets something there. This could be it here. I don't want to say anything, but we are looking really good. This is the closest we've been in a long time. Uh, so hopefully we can get it down a bit farther and maybe kick a field goal. That would be really nice to see. And here, and here we go. That was the longest reception of the game. It's not close either. Yeah. Kornblum getting set to pass once again. Throws and it is oh, caught. What it's a caught. What an amazing catch there. That is number. catch. Cole Rowe, the sophomore wide receiver. Primarily a defensive player, but, you know, checking in for a cameo appearance on the offense. He eats up a huge chunk of yards. What an amazing throw from Kornblum on the post route down the middle of the field. Just exactly what you want to see from your young quarterback as the Mercer Island offense has been set up here for the first and goal on the Juanito one. Uh, this is KMIH Mercer Island, 88-9 the bridge. And here we go, Cornwall getting set to throw, and he will throw a touchdown. Finally, something go. to cheer about. It looks like it Austin was thrown to Boyle. Fugatti, well, number 28. Was it, was it Fugatti? Fugatti. And there we go. Finally, something to write home to Mama about for the Mercer Island offense. Finally, six on the board. Better than a goose egg, that's for sure. With that, by the way, Spencer Cornbloom has passed Eli Fahey in yards for the day. Oh, my gosh. Did, did, did he really? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, you know, it happens even to the best players, which is unfortunate. Cornblum but it's good is. to see. And they're going for two here. Cornblum throws it into the end zone and not, not able to get it. And uh, with about a minute 20 here, folks, that that um, that about does it for the Mercer Allen offense. And uh, I guess we could, I guess now's, now's a good time to kind of give our thoughts. Uh, obviously not able to play their best today, but uh, going forward, what what kind of adjustments do you think this Mercer Island offense needs to make to at least make something out of their season? Because now that they've lost, uh, 
unfortunately, that kind of does it for their chances at the state playoffs. A screen game has to be blocked for better. There has been a lot of screen games. Uh, Jack Derner's stat line, by the way, uh, seven catches on seven targets for 26 yards tonight. That's a lot of one-yard catches on screen plays where he was just able to fall forwards. There's been uh, there's been a lot of screens that where everything's gone well, but it's been sniffed out, it's been telegraphed by the defense and not been blocked at all. So those screen plays have you know got to turn into positive yards. Yeah, in my opinion, it's just about consistency. They've looked really good at moments and they've looked really bad at moments. Yeah. And I think they got to put together drives. You know, I feel like halfway through a drive, they'll somehow switch. In, from good play to bad play, they'll turn over the ball, and that, that's it. It's football. You know, you got to put together good sections of play, and that's how you score. Yeah. Samir Lumba getting ready to getting ready for the kickoff here. I don't know if they're even going to bother with an onside kick. Let's no. see what they do. They and will try they, try it. It. they try it, and it doesn't work. Uh, backup quarterback Vasily Stanko Again. is able to fall on it. Did we Take just him we just keep calling his name tonight. He just yeah. keeps making plays. He's checking in everywhere, you know, playing in the secondary, safety, corner, sure. Backup quarterback, let's go. Catching a touchdown, why not? And now uh, recovering the onside kick. That is likely going to be the nail in the Islanders' coffin tonight. And uh, as we kind of close out here, this is the second-to-last game here for the, for the Mercer Island Islanders at home. They have one more. Um, I believe I believe it's against Hazen. I think is who it's against. But um, it, it, as we kind of close out here, especially for the seniors, you know, knowing it's homecoming night, and uh, especially for these football players getting ready for their dance tomorrow. Uh, what, what what does this game uh, you know mean to them as a student body and as players? You know, coming out here for the fans, is, that'll be encroachment there. Uh, on that's the snap. a that's a kneel. Oh, oh, that was a kneel. Okay. Yeah, you didn't notice. You didn't notice because he snapped the ball and kneeled so well. But that was a kneel down. He, he was hiding in there, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's difficult, man. But uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I th I'm gonna cop out of this question. I think to every individual player, I think it means what it means. I think some people um, saw that it was homecoming and went like, "Well, this is definitely a football game. I'm pretty sure the band is doing something. I should probably maybe listen for that." And I'm certain there's uh, some people who, you know, practiced the speech they were going to give in the locker room in the mirror this morning. To every player, it means something different. As we see another kneel out here, and that'll be the end of the game, ladies and gentlemen. 38-6 to defeat at the hands of Juanita for Mercer Island. Will, uh, sort of as our, our final question here, uh, and, and I'll throw this one to you, McLean, uh, as well. Mercer Island's season, uh, at least for the playoffs, is effectively over now. What do these players have left? What do you think these players are going to do? Because they still have two games left. What do you think they're going to do as they come home tonight and analyze what they do and sort of look forward to the rest of the season? What do you think their goals are? Uh, to kind of close out the year here for football. Uh, I mean, at this point, it's just, you know, your seniors are going to, they got to have fun out here, right? They got two games left in their high school career. Most of these guys are probably never going to touch the field again unless they look to play at a collegiate level, which I don't think we have a whole lot of players doing that. 
Uh, and then second to most important, I think you got to develop your juniors, your sophomores, and really try to get those guys some experience for next year because that's our next chance to do something. And I think the more we can get those guys on the field, the better they're going to do when time comes next year. Yeah, I think these next games should be used uh, maybe not from a development perspective, but from a coaching perspective to just try stuff. You know, go really far down the playbook. Run those triple reverses. Run the flea flickers. Run a hook and ladder on first and ten. Just just try stuff. Have fun. Uh, make the gimmicky plays a bigger part of the offense. Uh, and, you know, maybe you'll find a new identity. Uh, this, this team, I remember they were a wide zone running team when I joined. It was, you know, zone running and uh, intermediate passing. Then they changed uh, to fit the rhythmic tendencies of Eli Fahey and became a short-passing West Coast-style team. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they're a power football team next year. 100%. I think as you get new players cycling in and out each year, your team dynamic's going to change so much that that's probably one of the most important things to do. Yeah, and so hopefully I'll... we'll be back next year better than ever. Yeah, so I'll have that be my, uh, my wish for the Islanders uh, as this season wraps up. Try stuff. All right. Well, folks... That'll do it for our coverage here at 88.9 The Bridge on this football game for the Mercer Island Islanders. With zeros on the clock, that'll be 38 for the Juanita Ravens, 6 for the Mercer Island Islanders. The Islanders are now 3-4, and four, and the Juanita Ravens are now 4-3. Thank you all so much for listening here on 88.9 The Bridge. I'm Andrew Pearson here with... with with McLean Hopkins, Will Pellerin, and Ben Krieger. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you sometime next week. Have a good one, folks.